This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. chapter 2 and verse 1 through 10. And, and of course, as it's uh, Mother's Day, whoop, all those mummies that I'm sure have been spoilt this morning, no, breakfast in bed, at least a cup of coffee, something. Really? Wow. Gents, we probably need to have a huddle before next Mother's Day, all right? So that we can start to think about uh, getting sure that our preparations are in place. And I know, I know it's a little bit gimmicky, but it's nice, isn't it, to set aside a day to just say thank you. Because, you know, I know, being on the receiving end of a mum, that, uh, that I am blessed because of her dedication and her love to bringing me up. Some would say to dragging me up. <laughs> but, you know... As we start to unlock what a mum is all about, I was flicking through um, the newspaper, um, not the actual newspaper, because who would waste 30p? But I went online, I'm just saying, I went online and scrolled through uh, the, the news. And I, and I saw this story about this 98-year-old woman. I don't know whether anybody's seen this. And she's in the same care home as her 80-year-old son. And believe it or not, she is looking after her boy. Of course she is. Because it doesn't matter how old we get, but that that bond between a mother and a child doesn't dwindle. It it remains the same. And she wants to look after him. And I'm sure that he still gets told off when he steps out of line. (laughs) I'm sure there's no avoiding the odd telling off, uh, even though he's 80 years old. And she is dedicated still at 98 to looking after him. But that's just it, isn't it? That a mother's bond to a child is precious. It's special. You know, the cord is cut when a mum gives birth to a child. But it's never really broken. My parents used to say to me, my dad particularly, says, oh, the cord doesn't stretch that far, does it? Whenever I was too far away from my mum as a, as a young lad, it was, it was terrible. I was definitely a mummy's boy. Anybody else? Brave enough. John, you better put your hand up. There we go. A mummy's boy or a mummy's girl. But the truth is that that is the, the, the specialness, the bond that happens there. It, it, it is very, very precious. And when you think of the mums that are in the Bible, and there are a few, um, one that stands out for me, which I absolutely love, is that James and John's mum, she had no idea what she was asking Jesus. But she said to Jesus, you know, my two boys... I want one on the left and one on the right when you go to glory. She had no idea what she was asking, but it's that, you know, my boys deserve the best. And, and isn't that how a mum is? They want the best for their children. I want, I want that. Now, I know and I understand that as the world is, that at times that's not always the case. But let's just hone in onto what we're talking about this morning. And also then you think of Mary, Jesus' mum, the dedication, the patience, the trust and the faith that she would have had to have had to understand that this 
baby that she was going to give birth to was precious and special, the very son of God. And then as his life unfolded, can you imagine the turmoil at times, the heartache, but the love that she would have had for this precious boy? And then, of course, there's Hannah, isn't there? Samuel's mom, the dedication to prayer, saying, God, you know, if you give me this child, I will give him back to you. Knowing then that she's let go of everything and said, God, give me a child and I'll give him back to you in a life of service to you. And God indeed heard her prayer. But I think due to a, a show of absolute faith and courage, which I think is almost unparalleled um, by any that we see, I have to go to a lady called Jochebed. We've heard about her this morning. Or Jochebed. <laughs> just in case you don't like your J's. A lady so fierce in her faith that she gets a mention in the hall of faith. Who wouldn't want to be in the hall of faith? You'd want to be in that hall, wouldn't you? Hebrews 11 and verse 23 says this, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So there we see parents of Moses and they are hiding away this boy. Of course, as we understand that if I just unlock the story a little bit, Moses' mother is in the throes of labor. And Pharaoh says, I am sick to the back teeth of these Israelites. They are almost too numerous for us to cope with. They were in slavery in Egypt, in captivity. But this was all God's plan. We don't need to worry about that. God needed to grow a nation and he needed to keep them safe. He needed to make Israel great. So how was he going to do that? Well, he grew them in safety. And over generation and over generation, they grew so numerous that the the Pharaoh of Egypt said, actually, there's a bit of an issue here because if they start to understand, they're outnumbering us. And if they turn on us, we're in a mess. So Pharaoh... Uh, in his evil, was going to start throwing the young boys into the Nile. How horrific. But this is the mentality. Pharaoh has decided that Israel's growing too numerous, and he attempts to halt a generation or two. And in his evil, God uses the situation as his downfall. God uses that situation as Pharaoh's downfall. You know, and this is what we have to grasp this morning. If we haven't grasped it already, if you've not heard me say it enough times, God has a bigger and a better plan. Amen. He has a bigger and a better plan for you. And often we we surround ourselves with heartache and turmoil and go, well, this is just my lot. But the truth is, it's not. God has a bigger and a better plan for us. And what we have to do is take our eyes off the situation and focus on him. And when we start to do that, our hearts and our minds and our lives are lifted by the the prospect that God is in control. He never loses control. Anybody here ever lose control? I'm going to put it on recording now. This is a problem, Alistair. On Monday... This week gone. I lost control. I haven't told my wife this. She's about to find out. I was on my way down the A46. I do it four days a week. And I've done it for seven years. And I've never been this close to an accident in all my life. I was doing 68 miles an hour. <clears throat> well under the legal limit. 
And I was overtaking a, a truck and something dropped off my passenger seat. And for whatever reason, I looked down to see what that was. I looked back up. I was an inch away from the barrier. So, of course, as you do, you pull the steering wheel to the left, don't you? Because I was panicking. Pulled it to the left. And then my back end caught the mud. And in a van doing 68, 70 miles an hour, I was facing that way down the A46. I have no idea, but I did that with the steering wheel and it didn't even wobble. It came back absolutely straight. In my life, I have never been so scared. I was completely and utterly out of control. But God was definitely in control. And let me tell you, on the way from that point to Leicester, I've driven at 50 miles an hour (laughs) and I have panicked thinking, what on earth has just happened? But this is it with our lives, isn't it? So often things get completely out of control and we go, God, I'm in a mess. What am I going to do? And he never lets go of the wheel, ever. There is never a moment where God says, oh, sorry, I, I forgot about you. The Bible tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he has everything in his control. So in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, we see the story unfold. As Lowell read for us from the kiddies book, Jochebed hides her boy as long as she can once she's given birth to him. She can hide him no more. But in faith and courage, knowing that God is in control. And that, if you're, I mean, that is the word, knowing that God is in control. It's all right hearing it. It's all right thinking you know it. It's all right saying, oh yes, I know God's in control. No, knowing that's your heart of hearts. When it seems absolute madness, God is in control. That that moment, you've all experienced that, I'm sure. When you go, I cannot understand what's going off. God is still in control. And we have to know that he's in control. So knowing that God is in control. What does she do? And it's the bizarrest thing. The babies are being thrown into the Nile. She takes a boy, she puts him in a raft, and she throws him into the Nile. She puts him in the situation that seemingly seems absolutely crackers. Don't put him in the Nile. The crocodiles have a taste for blood. I'd imagine at this point. But she throws her boy into the Nile, which seems like no safe place at all. But the truth is this, that the boy is absolutely safe. Why? Whether in the Nile or on the edge, he's still in God's hands. Whether on the Nile or whether still on the bank, he is still in God's hands. And the very place where death and anguish are so prevalent, God brings about salvation. Do we see that this morning? Do we see and understand that and take it for all it's worth? That God can bring about salvation even when it seems completely and utterly impossible. And the moment that we start to grasp that, the moment that we start to understand that, We start to see that God has got it in hand. And maybe you have been in a place or maybe you're in a place this morning that's surrounded by death and pain and heartache. And you can see no solution to it. 
But God this morning wants to bring about salvation. He wants to bring about salvation and redemption in your life. He loves you enough to send his very best for you. And in the midst of hurt and pain and anguish, God wants to bring about life and he wants to bring about love. Amen. And this situation, if it wasn't crackers enough when she throws a boy into the Nile in, in, a, in a little raft that I'm sure was going to be swept about by every single current that was available. I mean, you can't really imagine it, can you? I mean, the Nile, the gallons and gallons and thousands and hundreds and millions of gallons that flow down constantly. She puts the boy into a basket and it just so happens that Pharaoh's own daughter sees the boy and says, get the boy out. And she looks at him and she, well, she falls in love. She looks at him and she sees that he is far too precious to hurt. And she draws him up out of the water, exactly where Moses got his name. And Jochebed's faith and her courage and her love for a boy and for God enabled her to seemingly risk everything. Yet the lesson here this morning is when we put everything in God's control, when we put everything in God's hands, when we let go and allow him full control, he delivers beyond our wildest imagination. Can you think for a situation like this, she would have thought to herself, well, what else can I do? They're going to murder him anyway. So I'll put him in the safest place that I possibly can. And all I can do is get on my knees and pray. What a great lesson for us this morning. Hey? That we're to get on our knees and pray and say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen in this situation, but I'm on my knees before you, a holy God. Bring about what you need to bring about. And by your grace, help me to walk in that. And as she does that, as she gives it all to God. She has an answer to a prayer beyond, I would imagine, her wildest dreams. Pharaoh's daughter pulls Moses or the boy up out of the water. And then Miriam, Moses' sister, who just happens to be there, they say to her, look, this little boy, I can't look after him. I'm a princess. <laughs> Go find a Hebrew woman to look after him. So Miriam goes and finds her mom. And Jochebed gets paid for looking after her own son. Who doesn't want that this morning? She gets paid to look after her own son. And in that joy, when the boy gets old enough, she takes him to Pharaoh's daughter. And there, in that situation, after she's taught him all the values of 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 them all the values about God remember this is an important role in family life that as the mum teaches the the young boy all about how God is and who God is and how he's protected and saved him in this situation and how he's growing the nation Israel Moses gets then sent to Pharaoh and he gets educated beyond Anything that he could have ever received outside of Egypt's palace. He gets educated where he knows and understands Egyptian law, where he knows and understands absolutely everything. So that God has then got his man to bring about deliverance for a people. 
you know, what a joy that is this morning. Because you can look at that story and think, oh, there's some great things there. But God was working in that situation before Moses was even a twinkle in his mother's eye. This is how in control God is. And by God's grace and by his goodness, Moses is raised by the enemy to bring about a nation's freedom from slavery. Tell me that isn't God-given. Tell me that isn't the most magnificent thing and the most magnificent display of faith and courage from a mom. And that God says, they are the people. This is my man and this is what's about to happen. Church, this morning, that's what God does. That's what he does. Don't think that those times have gone. God still does that with you and me today. He puts people in place in our lives that are there for a reason to enable us to go to the next step where we never thought physically possible. Remember, we worship a God of the immeasurably more. And this morning, maybe we have things that we need to hand over to God fully. Maybe there are things in our life that we need to say, God, you know, I don't know what to do with this bundle of joy. Like that, through gritted teeth. I don't know what to do with this. All I can do, God, this morning is place it into your hands. Because I'm lost. In the situation. You know this morning maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's finance or debt. Maybe it's illness or addiction. But whatever it is. We can be sure that if we are willing. To let it go and give it fully to God. If we're willing to let it go. Knowing. That God's in control. He will bring about deliverance because this is the God we worship every single page you turn God says I've got it in hand and we say God not my situation and he says absolutely your situation every single thing if we're willing to give it to God fully he will bring about deliverance when I mention the God of the immeasurably more that's Ephesians 3 And verse 20, he is God of the immeasurably more. Church, we're loved. We are loved beyond measure. Please don't let a situation in any of your lives or my life think that that's God turning his back on us because God doesn't do that. If we put our faith and our trust in him, he loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has your best interests at heart, even when it seems like it can't possibly be the case. When the river is rough and there are crocodiles all around, God still will bring about his plan. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your love. We want to thank you for the freedom that we find in Christ from our enemies. Lord, we thank you for that mother's love, her dedication to bring about the best for her children. This is mirrored from you who gave your best for us, giving us the opportunity for freedom and life through Jesus, our Savior. May you help us to hand over and let go of all the things that tie us up in chains, knowing that you are the God who can do immeasurably more. In Jesus' name we pray.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.